All right, we have business to attend to. If you have your Bible, be turning to Acts chapter 11. And uh, for the man, I thank you so much just for the encouraging words, um, you know, from last Sunday's message and just the way that you treated Brother James uh, and Van the week uh, previous. Man, it just, again, this is, you guys are great people. And uh, I love you uh, so much. I love how, how you just take care of them and, and you're, you love to receive from the word. You don't, it doesn't have to be me. I mean, you love doing that, but you know, when we have to have a fill in, that was a kind of a, a course of thing that uh, inspired the moment and it worked out good. And so praise the Lord for your, for your prayers for that. But uh, now we have to get back to uh, Acts. And in particular in chapter 11, this is a little bit, you know, at the very beginning of this chapter, they're kind of now the consequences of what Peter has done in uh, Caesarea with Cornelius have reached Jerusalem. And so now these, uh, those Jewish apostles are kind of taking issue just in the same way that Peter was gonna take issue with the Lord on the matter. And it's one of those things that remember there is a rebuke coming. You know, I don't really want to blow that up yet. We'll get there. But I think there are some things that Peter is having to work through a bit in terms of just reconciling the fact that the Lord is not opening the door uh, to the Gentiles, right? And so this is a, a critical moment. So this chapter is just finishing that discussion of what's happening there. But then you also see something else, and that's going to be a shift from a Jerusalem central focus, everybody is based out of there to Antioch. And you see that Barnabas gets sent, sent there. He will uh, reconnect with Paul and there'll be a year's worth of time that they'll be basically preaching uh, uh, the gospel and making disciples. I mean, it's MBT, right? Ancient MBT, praise the Lord, which is why, well, they came first. So I guess we're, we're acting like them. Uh, but it's kind of the same thing. But now in between all of this, there is something that I want you to pay attention to that uh, where we're gonna be studying this morning. And that's in Acts chapter 11, verse 17. And it says this, for as much then as God gave them the like gift as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? And boy, I, I, I love that. I love the, the position, the posturing that he does. It just says I had to lower myself, lower my expectation, lower whatever, my agenda even, in face of what it was that the Lord is doing. And so the thing that you see the title this morning is The Gift. We want to look at that. Now, first, though, before we get into it, I just want to let you know something just to kind of help your mind wrap it around. It's a silly analogy. I'm just going to let me just preface that. But it does work. So. I have a new role at school, be praying about this. Uh, I will now be in July, the department chair between the railroad and uh, the uh, welding, the regular welding department. And so they're merging the two. So now I'll be department chair of that. So essentially that means I'm fellowship leader at church, at school and at church, right? Is uh, basically what that's amounted to. And, uh, and so now already I'm uh, trying to help the current chair um, by taking on some responsibilities, just ease myself into it. So one of the things very simply is I want to change our logo that you guys have seen me on Tuesday night, I'll have our stuff on and it'll say NARS or something like that. I wanna change that to JCC Welding. So that means now all of our faculty 
will have to get new shirts. And so instead of my boss above me dealing with that, I sent out an email and said, hey, to everybody, get these shirts orders to me. I made a form for them. I thought I was doing good till I realized that it says notes, not quantity. I'm like, what an idiot. <laughs> and so I used to make this form, send it out to everybody. I say, hey, get this back to me by next Friday so that way I can get it to Terry. She'll order the shirts, so on and so forth. Everybody's really thrilled. On the college side, they haven't been getting shirts. On the NAR side, we've always been getting shirts on the railroad side. And so they're, they're pumped. So I got all their orders first. And I was voted into this role by my colleagues, okay? Like unanimously, really just because nobody wants the responsibility. All of them, <laughs> no, you can have that. Knock yourself out, right? And, uh, and so one of my colleagues though is an individual that is kind of a uh, abrasive, sandpaper type individual. I love him because I understand him from being in the field and in the craft. He's similar to people that I worked around and, and made great friends with. But the first meeting, so I asked Terry, I said, hey, I need to, I want to put this meeting on. I want to just kind of establish. I asked the current chair. I didn't just step over and I said, hey, man, is it okay if I do this? He's like, yeah, sure. And so I say, okay, uh, I'm going to put this meeting on. So then my colleague, what does he do during the meeting? He moves his chair all the way to the end of the table, puts his feet up on the chair, and then goes to sleep. Now, this guy is one of the guys that voted me into this thing. And I'm like, man, already, right? So I kind of shake it off, blow it off. Don't let it bother me. I don't say anything. Shirt order thing comes up. Everybody sends his shirt in, except for who? <laughs> so I call him. I texted him yesterday because he wasn't at school, or yeah, Friday. And I said, hey, man. You're going to get your shirt order into me. And he's like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm not. And I said, okay. Terry had sent me the previous orders. I look at him, get them in. I find his stuff. I send it to him. He's like, oh, yeah, give me black. So I, I start to order that, and I realize they're all short sleeve. And I'm like, no, uh, he, needs, he wants long sleeve. So he texts me back. He's like, yeah, I want long sleeve. And I'm thinking to myself, I should, you should get no shirts because <laughs> You're kind of being a pain right now, you know? And so I, I just had to, I'm the leader. I'm just, okay, I want him to have shirts. When we get our order, I want everybody to ha have Christmas at the same time, right? And so again, it's a silly analogy, but I want you to understand something. It is super critical in this passage and in this verse in particular, which is my key verse, for as much then as God gave them the like gift, as he did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? See, there's a thing that you have to do in terms of just smalling yourself when you realize that what you've been given, you got to give. And uh, in that moment, I, he's done everything to deserve something different. <laughs> no shirts, <laughs> right? but he will be getting shirts just like the rest of us. And so we want to analyze, well, what is the gift? If you look in your Bible and in the, in the New Testament in particular, when it brings that up, it's, it's mentioned 11 times. You probably know what it is, but we need to just get our head wrapped around the gravity of what it is, the sheer gravity and how different it is from coming from us. It is nothing that we produce, we could make, we can't go buy one off a shelf. Oh, you know, uh, 
it's, it's important. So the first thing we learn is in John 4.10, Acts 8.20, Acts 11.17, it's from God. And automatically, if you're getting something from God, that is the most special gift that you can possibly ever get. It is the Holy Ghost, and I'm underselling that because I wanted you to understand the things around that. That thing that you have in you as a result of trusting on the Lord Jesus Christ came from God himself. It's free to you, but it costs somebody something. Our Lord Jesus cost him his life to give it to you. It's made of righteousness. You see that in Romans 5, 17, and I hope, man, take a picture of this so that you can look at these things for yourself. The Bible describes it as unspeakable. It's indescribable. Even though we can put words to it, we can say it's the Holy Ghost, we can say it's from God, it's from heaven, all of those things. If you were to the full scope of it, you don't have the vocabulary because the vocabulary does not exist of the greatness of what it is that indwells you now. It is of Christ, Ephesians 4, 17. And lastly, it is heavenly. And the thing that I, guys, I don't want to spend 2021 trying to do things in the flesh as if it is even on par at all with this new man that I now have in me. You see what I'm saying? See, now I can understand a little bit what Peter is having to deal with. Who am I that I can resist the Lord knowing what I have, what I've been given? And the Lord is granting access now? Oh, yeah. I need to lower myself. Let this happen. The Lord has given me opportunity to be a part. So why did he give it? In Romans 5, 20, and really I would say, man, just the whole chapter. But in the last part, it really is telling us something. It says this, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. See, God had had enough of watching sin rule and reign throughout the earth, and he said, enough, enough. Now all of us who are guilty, boy, he says, no more. I'm going to send my son. He will be guilty. And I will sacrifice him in order to make sure that you have access to me, to get to me, to be rescued, to be redeemed, to be given this Holy Spirit. And so now the contents of what you have in you guys are so great. Those of you that have trusted on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's tremendous. This tremendous power, this tremendous opportunity. And this is why I can't be flipping with it. As much as I wanted to deny this individual his shirts, even in that small thing, I had to go, man. Take a deep breath. Be nice. Because it just reminded me, he doesn't deserve this, but I didn't deserve that either. And the Lord freely gave it. See, my, I want you to understand something. I'm going to define mercy for you. Listen to this. Compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish 
or harm, but instead you give compassion or forgiveness. Has not the Lord Jesus Christ done that for us? Man, we deserve death and hell. We deserve to spend eternity separated from him. And that's not what you got. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense for Peter to try to withhold that. If the Lord says the Gentiles now have access, you better be about the Lord's business and say, okay, let me go and meet with this Cornelius. But I also think just even in our own lives, are there people now? Because right now, socially, oh boy, there are a lot of lines being drawn in the sand. Right? Maybe the, maybe the election worked out the way you wanted, or maybe it didn't. You ready to draw a line in the sand? Maybe you got a thing on the cops or things on Black Lives Matter. Maybe you drew a line in the sand. Am I going to withhold this thing that I couldn't make, I didn't earn, that is from heaven, that is from God, that is from Christ, cost him his life for me to even get it? Am I going to withhold that from somebody that needs that because we don't agree? Because I don't like your, your views. I don't like the posts that you put on your social media. Guys, I think we should be careful, far more careful. See, I, I, I want to make sure that like Peter, that I understand the gravity of the situation that's at hand when it comes across my doorstep. You and I have an opportunity. It's the, it's the thing like I was saying last week. Instead of embracing the insecurity last week, embrace the opportunity. Okay, so now, instead of embracing the hatred, even if these people have done something that is justifiable, you want to see justice. But instead of, man, the Lord giving you justice, he gave you justification. I mean, the gravity of this is tremendous. This is changing the whole landscape of Acts. If he, doesn't, if he doesn't do this, of course, the Lord will find somebody else. So Peter takes the opportunity. We can lay this to his charge. Now, there are other things we will lay to his charge as well. But he showed up at this man's doorstep, probably very uncomfortable, in a house full. Remember, Cornelius, he let everybody know that he could. That house was full. He showed up. It, just, it smells like Gentiles in there. Probably smells like barbecue and all kind of good because, you know, the Jewish diet's a little strange. And so, you know, <laughs> you come in there, you're like, oh, man. Mm. Okay. It's, it has to be a subtle thing in your mind. And so my purpose for you is this, just to put you in remembrance of the things that you have received of God and what he expects you to, excuse me, to give from it. You receive these things of the Lord. It's not simply a treasure just for you to hold on to, but it's something that very much you need to share. And open those lines of communication up. Guys, we have light. We have an opportunity to shed light in dark corners and dark places. You guys are all working dispatch all over the place and all over the city, places that I will never go. But if you get behind us in faith fellowship and each one reach one and we invite like we're supposed to, Man, what can happen? We already got, Sister Angela has already joined us, right? And I'm saying the same thing. I said the same thing to her yesterday. And so we have some things that we need to look at. 
Our first key point of study, super simple. God is merciful to us. The reason I, I have to say that is, guys, sometimes we forget how to be merciful to others. And I want to challenge you this year because COVID forces you to be in close proximity with your family. The first people that need to get mercy is family. Moms, your children, it's tough. I mean, you know, you don't get a break from them. They are right there, <laughs> right? And then it's lunchtime. And you're like, I've been trying to do my work the whole time. You keep asking me for stuff. Stop asking me, <laughs> you know? But I mean, you have to be, you have to, see, you're not pulling from the flesh in order to get that. That the, It's already in you. If you are saved by the blood of the lamb, you have that mercy capacity in you. Engage it. Husbands. Same thing, maybe both of y'all at home. And boy, it was good. Y'all was away, eight hours. You get to be with your friends. She was with her friends, but now, uh-uh, nope. You in the basement, and she's upstairs, and the kids is asking both of y'all for stuff. <laughs> I mean, right? It's, I mean, you, you feel crazy. And the Lord is still saying, um, be merciful, because I was merciful to you. And you have that, you have my abilities in you. Romans 9, 15 and 16 says this, for he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Why? So then it is not of him that willeth nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. See, don't wait to give mercy when people deserve it. Give it when they don't, especially when they don't. And so, Listen, you got coworkers, because you know, it's the same thing, right? That's like I was jokingly telling my neighbor, we have waged war in our yards with your signs. Like that's the subtle way we wage war, right? And I, you know, I don't, he and I are cool, it's fine, but I just, he liked that. I, he, when I said that, he got like six signs, no lie. Six signs in his yard, and then he arranged them so that way you could see them when you were driving by, which ones they were. I'm like, Oh my God. But it's just very telling. That's his position. That's not my position. I have, there are no signs in my yard. Zero. Man, I, guys, you have to remember the source of which it is that that inner man is from. There is so much work for us to be doing. Guys, I don't have time to be doing blog posts about political view. I just, I don't. I don't want to, I don't care. Actually, I hope that it just goes to the status quo when we used to be like, you know, you just talk about what was happening, you don't even know, it didn't matter to you, you know? <laughs> That's, I hope it just, the news cycle just shuts up so that we can move away, but you know what? Probably not, because they like stoking the fire. Don't be a victim to those things. See, when you get what it is that God has for you, then you gotta give it away. Ephesians 4.32, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. I love this. This is, I mean, this is the, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Ooh, do you remember what you did? That thing in particular, because it was a multitude of things, but there's something in particular when you got saved, you were like, I absolutely have to turn that over to the Lord. 
it was disgusting. It was grotesque. You were a slave to it. And the Lord gladly took it. Guiltless. On his way to the cross, knowing that he would become wrath for all mankind. Gladly. This is the heart of our Savior. Guys, it must be our heart as well. For our neighbors, for our co-workers, for our family members. The next key point I want you to consider is this. God is peaceful to us. You know now that that's only through the precious, precious blood of Jesus Christ, but even in just the grace that exists in this dispensation that we're in, the Lord is gracious. He is taking a lot of abuse and blasphemy, and he just, it just rolls off his shoulder. Why? Because, well, he's entrusted light inside of his children. He's like, hey, guys, get to work. Tell them. Tell them about me. Tell them what I did for you. See, this is why the each one reach one is going to be important and critical. Because the thing that I'm trying to challenge you to do is live out your faith. That really, that we can't just buy bumper stickers and t-shirts say that we are Christians. By our crucifixes, by the things that hang on our walls. Right? That it actually be something that people can see and hear. That's what I'm trusting you to do. I'm trusting the Lord to move at work in this class. God is peaceful to us. And I want you to, I want you to know something. At the end of that verse, let me just go back to it for a second. There's something very interesting. When he says, what was I that I could withstand God? Boy, get, get this down here. You weren't saved to withstand God. <laughs> I mean, you weren't. That's not what you were saved for, for you to make war with, with the Lord over his issues. But rather, God has commanded us to put his armor on so I could withstand the evil day. See, that's God's heart for you. It's never about you, you know, just like, I'm really going to fight you, Lord, on everything that you're asking me to do and you're telling me to do and I don't feel like and I don't want to and I'm not equipped for. It's just like I could that argument does not hold up. Because the Lord is like, I've, I've given you my spirit. It's kind of, that should be in the discussion, but, you know, we want to keep on with the question, line of questioning. And thank the Lord. He will still answer you, right? And so I'm just saying, if that's where you are, if you find yourself this year that you're having trouble being merciful and you're also having trouble even moving forward in faith because you are withstanding the Lord, you know that the Lord has said, man, be a part of faith fellowship. Man, each one, reach one. I really want to double down right there. I want to help out on the various things we have going on. I want to help plan some of the various events. And man, get, come on, Right? We're family. You have that capacity. All of your stuff can wait. It can wait. What we intend to do is we're actually attending upon kingdom matters. So the thing we have to ask ourselves, does the kingdom matter? Does the kingdom matter? Ephesians 6.13, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. And if God wasn't peaceful with you, he wouldn't give you his armor. He just lets you be out there. But that's not his heart. He's crazy about you. Man, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. See, the Lord doesn't want you to be at, on your knees 
under somebody else's power and authority. That's why he's done what he's done to make sure that you could stand up in the gospel. That's the only place you can stand. And you didn't have anything to do with it other than you just submitted to it. You realize what it was. You said, oh, this is the best deal going. Sign me up. That's kind of how it was for me, salvation. I remember I, Jim Lee. All right, yeah, let's get done with the particulars. Let's go, because I need that. <laughs> you know, I hadn't had it. I've been around church. I've been, you know, brushing up next to the gospel, but not hadn't really decided for myself. And when I had that opportunity, man, it was like, yeah. And now I'm going to go play basketball. Saved. This is good. <laughs> you know, the jumper is a little lighter because <laughs> I don't have that pressure on my back anymore. You know what I'm saying? I just to give that up. It was great. You remember that. Man, at the moment that that happened, you get his spirit. The comforter, the spirit of truth. Wow. But I, you know what happens is we just get older and we get over it. You get you're a little cynical, especially when you see things just don't work out from time to time. You just forget to have that same awe look. You know how kids look in awe, like when you take them. I remember one time uh, babysitting and uh, I took, we took the kid to the park and I just remember watching her eyes look at the trees because, you know, they were like mountains. I love that look on her face. There's a point you look at the Lord like that. When you guys say it, it was the same. Now when you look at, well, maybe you can't look at him. <laughs> you know, it's this. I don't want to look at that. Stop telling me what to do. No, I don't want to do this. Man, I just, I wanted to stop doing that in my own life. And I'm just encouraging you to do the same. Right? Like to really just look at, don't withstand what it is that God has wanted. He wants to use you. You've been saved under good works. Remember I said, you, you get in, it's, you know, the pat on the back, I love you, here's your locker and some work gloves, get to it. Praise the Lord. I like gloves too. I have a bunch of gloves in my truck. Mm, I love gloves. Leather gloves, you know, work gloves. So I don't mind that when the Lord said get work gloves. Then when he said what the work was, I was like, oh no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. I was just kidding. I just want to wear the gloves. Can I just have them all? Nope. <laughs> the last thing. So we said God is merciful to us. God is peaceful to us. But here's, here's the kicker. You don't get any of that without this. God loves us. You're like, Dale, I know that. Oh, do you now? Man, in a time where you may have felt the most unloved, this has just been a lonely year and a half. And I suspect 2021 is not going to get better. And it's going to feel equally as lonely. When you are sitting there in your home by yourself, wishing that you could go out. Guys, I just miss the chatter of voices at restaurants. I miss it because I like people. I like hearing them. Man, you go by in our city and, you know, Kansas Cityans like being out. It's just dead. I miss that. And you can kind of start to take that on and feel that. Man, God loves us and he is with you. I want to read something to you that for sure, absolutely, is an encouragement. In Philippians 2, 1 through 5, it says, If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, I love this, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, oh, there we are again, that word again, 
Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being one accord of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Guys, he has given us access to his mind. That's what kind of love it is. The kind of love that gives you that kind of access to be able to say, Lord, I see what it is that you're doing. I see the body of believers that surround. Lord, I, I'm going to fight for unity and not just assume that it's there. Guys, we have to fight for unity. Because everything is trying to tear us apart. So the thing, don't assume that everything is all good. Man, reach out, call out, show up, visit, sit next to, whatever you got to do. Hey, we good? I, I, mean, I love that, you know, sometimes the pastor's just, it's been a while and, hey man, how you doing? We good? Yeah, man, we good. We'll go into a conversation just to rekindle that flame, that fire. God loves you so much, man, that he's like, now you have the ability to have my mind on situations. My mind. I think Peter had a private moment with his Holy Spirit. And the Spirit simply reminded him of everything that Jesus had done for him. So how could he deny these Gentiles anything that God wanted them to have? If God is merciful to us, God is peaceful to us, and God loves us, I'm just simply suggesting this. With all that you have, is there any reason really for you to deny it to that person, that family member, that neighbor, that coworker? As you guys, you know, follow me as I lead us and I say, hey, each one reach one, that the goal is that we would all be shepherds and evangelists, that doesn't have a gender to it, that our Bible studies will be full and fully attended. Guys, it, it's not just so that we can be around each other, Lord. We got to get out there to the people that don't have what we have. They don't have this. They don't even know what this is. They don't even know that they want it. So now that's why you get deployed. Let's bow our heads. As you guys are bowing your heads, I do want to just invite you to a space that just says, you know, if any that are on the Zoom or, you know, in the room that doesn't know the Lord, then by all means, let's settle that. And let's come and get that access that I'm saying that the Lord freely gives. And for those of you that are the household of faith, man, I'm saying that perhaps it is that we need to revisit some matters in our heart. There's an opportunity that we can just ask for forgiveness. Lord, maybe I have been neglecting the Holy Spirit that is in me. I've been quenching it. Man, grieving it. Because you can grieve it little by little. Don't throw a bucket of water on it and just completely quench it out. Man, feed it. And so this is an opportunity for obedience. This is an opportunity for us to just look in our hearts and just consider. Guys, I am, it is an absolute privilege for me to be your leader. And I want to lead you. And as the Lord is tugging on my heart, he's saying, guys, we got to invite. We got to share the gospel. Whether that be confrontational evangelism or Bible study evangelism, we got to do it.
Heavenly Father, Lord, I do pray that you would just be with us, um, the larger company of, of us. Lord, help us to just consider and see what it is. And Lord, to just look at the simple facts of everything that you've done and that you've given, things that are from on high that indwell us now. Um, Father, help us not to quench the spirit, not to grieve it by our choices and our decisions. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that we don't get into the games and, and all the different things that take place in the world that just create division, that, Lord, that we would fight for unity, that we would look on the things of others, that we would look on each other, because, Lord, you've given us the capacity to do that. Lord, and then I would ask that you would attend upon our individual needs and issues and ailments that we have going on. But Lord, I pray that we would have eyes to see the field truly as you see it. Lord, we are in the midst of a lost and dying world that, that feels to be very satisfied with their state, even though, Lord, we know they are uncomfortable. So Lord, I'm asking for divine appointments for each one in here that, Lord, we would have an opportunity to encourage somebody to come and be a part of our Bible studies, be a part of fellowship, be a part of church. That, Lord, that those, those invites would also turn into times where we can share the gospel. Lord, and then we're asking for fruit. Not, Lord, not because we want any glory, but we just, we just want to be obedient to what you have said for us to do. Lord, help us to consider truly what it is that we have in us, the power that is in us. Lord, we didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. And if we're honest, sometimes, Lord, we don't, we don't, we act like we don't want it. Lord, help us, forgive us. Lord, use this body of believers. Lord, help us to be kingdom focused. In Jesus' name we pray.